Hello, and welcome to the first ever podcast of MMA Early Stoppage. Um, my name's Hamish, and I've set up this podcast because I love MMA and fighting, really. So I wanted to have the opportunity to chat about different events that happen each week. So I thought, what better way to start up a podcast and just speak my mind because I'm probably going to think about it anyway, so I might as well just voice my thoughts. Um, so I won't bore you too much, we'll, we'll get straight into it. I've got about four or five topics that I'd like to discuss, and then we'll launch into looking at a couple of fights that happen on the weekend, two of my favourites, and then we'll look forward to the forthcoming weekend and have a look at the two upcoming fights that look quite good. So, first topic of discussion, which is some news that's come out today, which is very interesting, is Floyd Mayweather is scheduled to fight Tension in, at Ryzen on New Year's Eve. Now, Tension is a Japanese kickboxer. He's, probably, he's about the size of Mighty Mouse. And he's fantastic. And to have Ryzen book Mayweather to fight him is a bit of a coup, to be honest. After all the swirling talk about what Mayweather's going to do next, who's he going to fight, is he going to fight Connor again, is he going to fight Khabib? No. Ryzen have managed to book him to fight Tension. So I might be jumping the gun a bit, but if you don't know what Ryzen is, it's a a Japanese MMA organisation that also hosts kickboxing events. And they're very similar to Pride. And I'm sure you've heard of Pride, which was it's an organisation that was from like the 90s. Um, it's got a bit of a cult following. They had some amazing fights. And it was a bit sad to see it go. But but Ryzen's come along with all the all the same people who put together Pride and they've built this organisation which has some pretty fun fighters. So one of them is Tension, who he's a, he's a young fellow, he's in his 20s and he's I think he's about 27 and 0. He hasn't lost and the guy can fight. If you've seen him fight, he's got thunderous kicks, like scary kicks. He fought um, Horiguchi maybe a month ago and... He managed to beat him. It went to a decision. But my God, that guy can kick. If he, catch, if he catches you in the right spot, he'll take your head off. I'm pretty sure it went to a decision. Uh, unless he maybe he won by KO. I can't remember. Anyway, so Floyd being scheduled to fight him is interesting. Because, well, first off, there's no way that they're going to have a kickboxing fight. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see him wanting to take kicks from tension. There's too much risk for someone like Floyd, who's really wants to preserve his persona and you know being fifty and zero and whatnot. I can't see that happening. So it makes you think it's probably going to be a boxing match, but but it being Ryzen and you know there's a lot of money flowing going around. I don't I don't know what's going to happen. So my two kind of predictions for the scenario, for what's going to happen here is that A, the fight isn't going to take place. So 
there has been an official announcement, but it could fall over before New Year's Eve, and someone else can step in to take take the fight. So it could all just be a bit of show, under the provision that the people in the know know that this fight isn't going to happen. I think that's probably the most likely outcome. The second outcome is that it's a boxing match, um, which will obviously favour Mayweather, and that they'll fight, and he'll uh, he'll, he'll probably win easily. I think if he doesn't have to take any kicks from tension, he'll outbox him, like he's outboxed um, 50 other professionals. The third option is that they do fight in a in some type of kickboxing match, and it ends up being I don't want to say a work a bit dodgy. That's I think that's it's a possibility because Pride back in the day was known for having having questionable fights, but um, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'd rather see the fight not happen, or, well, to be honest, the desired result would be them to fight in a proper kickboxing match, which um, I would hope that tension would win. I don't think that's definitely not going to happen, 0% chance. Next best thing is a boxing match, which, uh, not that not that excited for. Tension's a young, a young thing, but I don't think he's got the skills to beat Mayweather, like most people haven't. So that, that's a watch this space. Our situation, but I would say <clears throat> get ready to watch that around the New Year's Eve time. So you know, if you go out for a big night on the on the booze on the raz on New Year's Eve, book your day out on New Year's Day to sit down and watch some some MMA because there's this along with PFL, the Professional Fight League, which is having a New Year's Eve event, is gonna be good. So make sure you book some time out to recover and watch these damn fights. That's what I'm telling you. Right, what else did I want to talk about? Uh, Mighty Mouse. Another, this hasn't happened in the last week. It's probably been the last two weeks, I think. So Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson, he's the UFC flyweight champion. Well, he, sorry, he was the UFC flyweight champion before he was um, knocked off his perch um, he is going to be traded to the Asian promotion 1FC and in return the UFC are going to get undefeated welterweight Ben Askren now I couldn't believe it when I heard this uh, yeah. just, just from the fact of that promotions are trading fighters was such a foreign concept to me in the MMA world. But like, obviously it happens all the time in football and soccer and all the rest of it. But as part of MMA, I, d- I didn't think it would be something that would occur. Um, it is a wee bit refreshing. I, I would hope it doesn't turn into a big trade bloody bonanza like the NBA or something like that. But it is good to see. I think it's good for the fans and the UFC because... As, as good as Mighty Mouse is, and, and he's bloody good, um, he, he's he's done his dash in the UFC. It's probably, he's been very unlucky that he just hasn't had a division, really, that can propel his career. 
because the flyweights, he's beaten everybody, and there's nobody in that division who's really exciting enough anymore. Um, he's probably a bit un- unlucky in that loss. The yeah, it was such a close call. It, it would have been good to see a rematch to to have a third fight, but I think he's he's done, and it will be good to see him go to another promotion and test his wares there. I know he had said before that fight, uh, Mighty Mouse, that he was keen to go to other promotions and, and win all the titles there. So I don't know if he'll quite get to doing that. But we'll see how he goes at 1FC. I'd say he'd beat, he'll beat a few guys there, stay there for a couple of years, and then he might go and test his wares somewhere else. And I think somewhere like Ryzen or Japan, when they do have a lot of small guys, will be a good test for him. Um, he has beaten Horiguchi already, already, which was... An entertaining fight, and, and, and Horiguchi's a good person to, to watch. So, let's watch the space. But um, ben, ben Askren coming into the UFC, that's a, an interesting one as well. Um, ben is one of those fighters who probably should have been in the UFC quite some time ago. Um, so, he, he, he's a wrestler. And that's always been the criticism, I think, that he just wrestles and holds people down. So I haven't seen a lot of a lot of his fights, and it's been a while since he has fought, so it's going to be interesting to see how he goes. From the reports that I've read so far, it looks like he's going to be fighting Robbie Lawler. Um, no, actually, no, he was saying that he was going to fight Robbie Lawler. But reports are that he's going to fight Darren Till, which... It's a bloody terrible matchup for Till. But um, because Ben is the middleweight champion. What's his name? God, I've gone blank. Tyron Woodley. He's Tyron Woodley's uh, wrestling coach. So you would think it would kind of be the same result for Till in, in that department. But, yep, keep, keeps the division fresh. I'd, I'd like to see him have a few fights, see, what he, see how he looks. See what skill set he's got because I think uh, fighters have evolved a bit. To, if you're good enough, you, you can stuff a guy who's one dimensional, you know. And if Askren just comes in with really high level wrestling, there'll be a guy out there who can stuff him. Like, yeah. So it's someone like, you know, Robert Whitaker, who's a middleweight, he's got the ability to stuff takedowns and he's never, never been a you know, all-American wrestler or anything like that. So, yeah, it's good. It's a good move. I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that plays out for both those guys. Um, next one on the list here. I've got, so, um, UFC 230 happened on the weekend. It was a good event. It was a good, like, the main event was when, as expected, DC... Uh, beat up the Black Beast. And in the co-main event, we had Jacare versus Chris Weidman. Now that was a stellar fight. And I'll, I'll go over that fight a bit later. Um, but what I want to talk to talk about was the late stoppage. So in this fight, in the third round, Jacare uh, threw a right hook and hit Weidman flush on the temple and he just dropped, like almost a bit of a slow motion, slow motion drop. 
it was pretty much a Mark Hunt-esque KO, walk-off KO. Um, Dan Mugliata, Dan Mugliata came in, kind of looked, looked at both of them, didn't want to wave it off. Jack away, Jack away threw his hands up like, "What's going on?" And then went in for three more hammer fists before he finally waved it off. And he was a bit pissed at the referee for not calling it sooner. Now, there's a lot of stuff on Twitter and on the MMA, on the MMA websites about it being a late stoppage and going to protect the fighter state safety, rah rah which I agree. I do agree with that. Um, but my view on it is, if you're going to ask a person to make a decision, it doesn't matter whether it's a sport or not, sometimes they're going to get it wrong. And when it comes to MMA, unfortunately, when that decision is wrong, it puts a person's life in danger. And I think that's one of the flaws of MMA and to a lesser extent boxing, is you're asking a guy to to make a call. And we know that people make mistakes. It's not intentional, it just happens. He's made a judgment call, and in this case he got it wrong. And Wyden took more shots than he had to. So... I don't know what the answer is to this because I don't I can't see how they can use technology to, to help in these situations because technology isn't refing the fight. You're you're asking a man to make a snap decision and I can't see how a com- a computer or you know some hawkeye type vision could could do that for us. Um so we're going to be left with people like Dan being crucified for making a decision and you know he's put the person's life at risk blah 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 but I don't think it's his fault he's done the best he could and I guess all they can do is just learn from the situation I don't know what type of work they do after the fights to review what decisions were made etc etc but you'd like to think that that's taking place um but I just think the criticism is a little bit unwarranted. That's one part of me thinks that. The other part thinks it's necessary and it will you know, help the, help the commissions want to improve rather than people saying nothing, nothing will change. You know, We might be back five years ago when people would just be getting pummeled to death before the fight's waved off. But, yeah, that's my two cents. I feel a bit sorry for Dan, because I think he's one of the better referees going around. Um, he, he got it wrong. Uh, and, and it was good of Jacare to recognise it as well, you know. It, it's one of those things, it was made worse by the fact that Jacare threw his hands up. You know, he could have calmed down and he could have just dived in, hit, hit him with a couple of elbows, and it would have been waved off anyway. So it's one of those question mark situations where the ref saw a guy go down, there are times when they recover instantly, and he thought maybe it was one of those times, it was a co-main event, you know, the fight was going really well, Chris was in it, and yeah, he made the wrong call, but anyway, we'll move on, and I'm sure there'll be more stories coming out of early stoppages, and late stoppages, and all the rest of it, anyway, moving on, what else have we got down here, I've got Daniel Cormier, um, as I touched on briefly, Daniel Cormier 
fought Derek Lewis, Lewis in the main event, and it was, well, it went as expected. <laughs> I think a lot of people were holding their breaths for that puncher's chance that Lewis was going to, you know, knock him out and be an Ander, it would be a Chris Weidman-esque victory like when he knocked out Anderson Silva, or Holly Holm when she knocked out Ronda Rousey, but not not to be. It went, went as planned for DC last night. Um, what I wanted to talk about, though, was who should he fight next? So, who, who, not who is he going to fight, because who he's going to fight is likely going to be Brock Lesnar. Let's be honest, that's the payday that he's going to be getting. Um, I find it hard to criticise because if I was in DC's shoes in the twilight of my career, you know, double champ, you've got the dangling carrot against a guy who you're likely going to beat because you're a a stud wrestler and your stand-up's fucking solid and you've beaten pretty much everybody, you'd take the cash, wouldn't you? You know, what more have you got to prove? On the flip side, there's the John Jones fight, which uh, he may or may not get to. You know, after he's beating Brock, what, is he going to stand up and call out Jones? I don't know. For me, that's the fight he should be pushing for. Not just saying, oh, the UFC haven't offered me this fight, so, you know, that's why I haven't talked about it. Uh, he should be saying, I'm the champ champ now. Give me John. Give him to me at heavyweight and we'll settle this once and for all. He's not doing that, which again, we can't blame him for. Well, you can. I can't blame him for. <laughs> so I thought we'd just touch on that because I, I, I'm interested to see how that, that's going to play out. Because Jones is obviously booked to face Gustafsson, which should be should be a good match. Um, if Jones comes back as mean as he did against DC, it could be a short night. And I think he might, to be honest. I, I think the time off won't have done him any, any bad. But I digress. I could talk all day about Jones, because I'm a big fan. But that was, that's probably another topic we can pick up down the line. Right. Now the final wee topic before we start getting into the fights is the Bare Knuckle Fighting Federation, which is happening this weekend. Um, if you aren't aware, Bare Knuckle Boxing and Bare Knuckle Fighting is now a thing. I watched one of the Bare Knuckle FC, I think it was. I was thinking, shit, this, is, this could be fucking brutal. It'll just be guys dropping everywhere. It'll be oh, it'll be all those crazy fights that we see once in a once in a while, mixed into one fight card. Well, it wasn't like that. Um, I think bare knuckle fighting takes a while to perfect, and and fighting with no gloves actually does really fuck your hands because you don't know what you know how what speed and what's the right right kind of velocity to throw a punch without hurting your hands and where's that sweet spot um i know joe rogan goes on a lot about we should get rid of gloves and people should just fight bare knuckled because they can't throw as hard so they won't hurt their hands the problem is people have been training to throw fucking hard so people do hurt their hands (laughs) 
Um, I'm not convinced it's the next big thing. I think gloves are a much better way to, to watch a fight because it's actually a little bit more brutal, which I quite like. I'm trying to say that quietly, you know, I don't want to be labelled as one of those crazy, crazy fight fans who's just out for blood, but sometimes, sometimes I am. <laughs> um, so anyway, this weekend it's World Bare Knuckle Fighting Federation, and the main event is Irish Brennan Ward fighting against Johnny Big Rig Hendricks. Um, also on the card is Chris Lieben and Phil Baroni. So that's, fuck, that's, that's interesting, isn't it? I, I think I'm going to watch it. <laughs> After I've just complained, I'm probably going to watch it. So the one I watched wasn't this promotion. It was, the, I think it was Bare Knuckle FC, and this is the World Bare Knuckle Fighting Federation. Um, so I would recommend if your fans buying the pay-per-view and watching it and make a decision for yourself maybe flick me a tweet um while you're watching it or afterwards to tell me what you think um and we might talk about that next week too right UFC 230 two fights on the card that were excellent and one of them was obviously that Weidman Jacare fight that was the uh, fight of the night and what a fucking fight First round was very close. Weidman was throwing in a really good jab. Um, he actually stunned Jacare as well with an overhand from memory. Jacare recovered like instantly. Um, so Weidman didn't look like he'd won the first. Came into the second, which was pretty close. Jacare was trying to get in close and make it dirty. And he was definitely having success with this bloody body shot. God, I was wincing myself at home. Just seeing that. It was all red round his liver. It was fucking savage. You know, I don't think we see that used enough, that body shot. Like, it can be so effective when it's just, if you just keep going back to it, like, guys don't like a body shot. They had Paul Felder on there on um, doing commentary, and he was he was saying that in one of his fights, he'd been hit with a body shot that, in the fight, he said he was just about crippled with, it was just, took all the wind out of him, but friends, family, and... His coaching staff never knew until he told them afterwards that he was just about done. So that was a good tactic from Jacare. He he peppered that body in round two. It was really close. A lot of people had it still Weidman, but I had it 1-1 going into the third. Again, they were just trading back and forth. Like Jacare would put together some combos, then ease off, and Weidman would stalk him for a bit and kind of, you know, put on the pressure. And then... Not maybe it was halfway through the round. Jacare just hit him with that overhand, the hook right on the temple, dropped him, fight over. Um, I felt a bit sorry for Weidman. I'm not I'm not the biggest fan, but he's after beating Anderson Silva and defending his belt a couple of times, everything's gone down gone downhill a wee bit. He's lost four of his last five, and they've all been by KO. And the fight that he did win was against Gastelum, and he was losing that too. Until he bloody won. So I'm not sure where he goes from here to be honest. I still think there's a place for him. I don't think it's changing divisions either. I think he's too big to go down. And I don't think going up's a great idea. Um, what it might mean though. Is that he just slips down the rankings a bit. And he might have to face. Some of these up and coming middleweights. Which could be quite entertaining. To get his career back on track. I think he's still got a chance to do so. It'll just be interesting to see. If he's got the skill in the chin to keep up with some of these 
young uns like you know a Jared Kenanier or Israel Adesanya. Um, Jacare on the other on the other hand looked great. I think a stand up has come such a long way. I really like Jacare. He takes a bit too much punishment though. He doesn't move his head. Um, people are talking about the title shot next for him. Yeah, it is probably the case. I don't think he's got the skill to beat Whitaker. To be honest, I think Whitaker, you know, if he can avoid the takedown of bloody Romero, he's probably going to avoid the takedown of Jacare, and he already did. He destroyed Jacare in that first fight, but. I think Jacare Jacare's probably earned a, earned a shot, so that that's likely the next next fight for him. Um, the other good fight on the card was Lando Venata and um, Matt Frevola. Now this was the headlining the fight pass prelims, and it was fucking spectacular. It was very unlucky not to be fight of the night. Um, yeah, it was it was just a shame that Whiteman Jacare fight was was good as well. But man, these guys were just going back and forth. I think in the first round, Frevola got rocked by a head kick. Well, I don't know how he didn't get stopped right there. But he he got back up and with that storm, then continued to 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 fire back, and he actually hurt um, Venata in the first. And I think Venata was a little bit more hurt than he kind of let on. Um. But they went to the second round, and then, oh, Fernando just poured it on. He he really hurt, um, Frivler in that second round, and it, I don't, again I don't know how it wasn't finished. He he was kind of stalking him, but he just didn't he didn't apply enough pressure. To be honest, it was kind of like you know if you'd watched all of the fights when Israel Adesanya had Brunson hurt, he he really picked his punches and kept dropping him. It was kind of the same situation. Uh, Frivola was on the ropes, or on the cage, and he was done. But Vanada just didn't apply enough pressure. didn't connect with enough. and let him off the hook a wee bit. The third was back and forth. They were both fucked. But it ended up being a draw, um, which was a good, re- not a good result, but a fair result, I should say. Looking forward to seeing both of those guys again. I've ho- hopefully I've pronounced their names right as well. Um... I'm sure it's a Venata and Frevola, but if, if I've marked one of them up, you know who I'm talking about, hopefully. Right, upcoming fights this weekend. There, there's not a hell of a lot of like bigger promotions on the go at the moment. Um, the PFL was finished until New Year's. Ryzen's not until New Year's. I think Bellator's got one coming up in Feb. Um, but... There, there is a UFC in Denver on the weekend. And the main event... The main event and the co-main event look like the two big fights to me. So main event is the Korean Zombie versus Yeah, yeah Rodriguez. Now that should be a good fight. I'm a massive Korean Zombie fan. Um, and I, oh, looking forward to seeing him in the cage. Uh, Rodriguez, we know that he is a very unorthodox fighter. Just throws punches from everywhere. Entertaining. Could hurt you and knock you out from anywhere. Um, but I'm not sure his skill set will be enough to beat the Korean Zombie. I think the difference will be the ground game and the jujitsu. I feel like the Korean Zombie will probably stand with him for a bit. And then eventually will take him down. Probably submit him. That's how I see him. Or he'll hurt him with a punch. 
and he'll jump on it and end up submitting him with like a Kimura or something like that. Um, that's my prediction, but that'll be a goodie. And the co-main event is Cowboy Cerrone and Mike Perry. Now, a bit of bad blood on this one, which makes it all the more intriguing. Cowboy has left, uh, if you didn't know, Cowboy left his gym of Jackson Winkle John and uh, well he wasn't happy there apparently apparently he's, he wasn't happy with somebody I don't know the full story I haven't read too much into it but one of the coaching staff and I think they had an exchange either on Twitter or somewhere like that where I'm calling Cowboy not lazy but always out for himself I think some of the other fighters there had done the same and Cowboy hit back, so there's some bad blood, and you've got Mike Perry who was trained at Jackson Winkle John, and that's where he's trained now. So it's kind of like the prospect versus the old, the old timer and Cowboy, who's who's off training at a different place now to to see how we go. Um, how I see the fight playing out, Cowboy. Yeah, Cowboy is. He's been around the traps a long time. Uh, I think he, to be fair, he's probably got the skills to get this to the ground. But I don't think he will. <laughs> I think that's where he falls down in some of his fights. Is he, he fights how he wants to fight. Fights how he wants to fight, rather than fighting the smart way. So I pre- predict it being a kickboxing match, more than anything. And Perry, who's got fucking... Thunderbolts in his fists is is probably going to clip him and finish him. Uh, Cerrone doesn't have the best chin. And if you, get, if you hurt him, he, you can finish him quite quickly. He also can't take a body shot. So smart thing to do was employ some of those jackery fucking liver shots. Not just mimed a punch here in the, the room. But, you know, body kicks. I think that you'll, you'll be able to get him out, there, out of there pretty pretty fast if, if they're onto it. So that's my two predictions for the week. Um, and that, that's all I've got at the moment. So thank you for listening. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is the Olmish, So T-H-E-O-L-M-I-S-H. Or you can just look for Hamish. Um, so send me some tweets if you've got any questions or if you just want to chat or to follow me. And I pretty much exclusively post MMA stuff on Twitter. And I've got a whole bunch of other people who post and share and whatnot as well so keep an eye on that um i think i'll this has been fun i think i'll do another podcast next week and see how the fights went and see what other news comes up in the next few days which is worth chatting about but yeah until then i will catch you all later and thank you very much for listening bye